Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. I'm Barry Murphy. This I'm is Andrew Trimble. Trimble. Good man. Uh, delighted to be back. We've been away for a few weeks, but uh, what a week to come back. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show. Johnny Sexton has been named the Player of the Year for 2018. We had Josh van der Fleer on the phone earlier on and we broke some news to Josh. And that news is, of course, that Joe Schmidt will be hanging up his coaching boots after the World Cup next year. He'll be hang- hanging up his whistle. His whistle, yeah. <laughs> uh, huge news. Yeah. Wow. I'd say after last night, um, Joe. I don't think Joe attended the, the awards in Monaco. Uh, last night it was all about Johnny the player of the year Johnny must have been thinking you know this week everybody's going to be talking about me (laughs) and Joe went see those headlines those are mine mate yeah this is all about me this week yeah wow what a what a and he's he's so we've confirmed that Andy Farrell will take over yeah and yeah I think the biggest news for me is that he's not going to coach yeah I don't think that was on anyone's radar I think everyone thought it's got to be the All Blacks or and I think that was a bit naive thinking that that job would just become available to him straight away but mm. I think it's a, is it a massive compliment to us that he's that he's done now I think it is World Cup? And it, I think it um, him finishing coaching is, almost, is probably a little bit of an explainer as to why he was a little bit more emotional in the last couple of press conferences he was talking quite uh, nostalgically about his time in Ireland and mm. uh, and obviously then he wasn't just talking about his time in Ireland or like one stage of his career he was talking about his whole career yeah. in coaching so you can see why he was a little bit more emotional than you thought he might have been it's interesting though that people were saying is he going to stay or is he going to go it, it looked like certainly that like he was going to go uh, but in typical Joe Schmidt style he throws in something different new, and yeah. uh, like he does that with selection yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, lads are going who's going to play there and then he just throws in someone different and then this is just classic Schmidt um, he's gone all together yeah. Um, will this kick them on? I think I, w- I wonder. Like, will this make it a, mm. a little bit more of a an incentive to to drive the team on um, to win a World Cup for Joe? And mm. considering what he's done for <laughs> Irish rugby as a whole, I think over the last you know I suppose seven or eight years since he coached with with Leinster, um, I mean, I just find the whole Irish com- rugby community at the moment from top to bottom even from the fans, it's so inclusive and it's so funneled towards the Irish team and winning and winning in the right fashion. Kind of like what the All Blacks have had for a long time. I think we're yeah. starting to emulate that and I think a lot of that is down to, to Joe, yeah. the standards th- he's brought. Him him finishing coaching altogether means it's not just an Irish story, it's a rugby story everywhere because coaches everywhere are now starting to emulate Joe and that happened in, in Ireland obviously the last few years you got like provincial coaches who have their stamp and their their style as well but bring in something Joe does it like this let's look at you know, defending a certain way or attacking a certain way off scrum line all this kind of stuff all detailed and then now everybody ev- that's gone everywhere because you know the second best team in the world beating the All Blacks then everybody starts to emulate how do they what's the magic formula mm. and then now that he's finished then I wonder I wonder how long that'll last or you know I wonder in two or three years time are we still looking at the best teams in the world coaching with that style or could it be something new then or uh, it's going to be interesting to see what way that's picked up after the World Cup after after Joe's gone yeah he's gone <laughs> yeah. just writing songs about him and stuff like that now. just these whimsical ballads about poor old Joe um, have you worked close with Andy Farrell <coughs> yep yeah, uh, he uh, he's, he's had a, he's had a big old impact, hasn't he? Yeah, did he have a similar vein of kind of kind of attitude or personality to Joe? Uh, yeah, the, the the balance of the two of them works really well together, actually. So that'll be again hard to hard to kind of follow up on that. But um, Farrell is a little bit probably a little bit more laid back. Joe is a little bit more like kind of wouldn't really switch off from rugby he'd be kind of thinking about rugby that's why he's kind of so thorough Farrell kind of balances that a little bit um, so does uh, Simon Easterby as well actually the three of them work well together but um, Farrell I'm not sure if he's um, co- had any other coaching role apart from defence um, yeah. so I don't know um, I don't, you'd imagine there'd be someone else brought in to 
Yeah, uh, well, obviously he was a <clears throat> he was a ten in his day, and it was rugby league, and mm-hmm. and then he he threw his hand at rugby union for a while. But he would have been quite a creative mm-hmm. player back then, so he definitely has it in his armour. I'm sure he in does. His rugby brain. So, but yeah, at, at that level to have to have coached the team and 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 cover all aspects of the game, I suppose, is quite important. But working on the Joe for the next twelve months at least. I suppose it's it's a, and he's probably known for a while as well. Yeah, you would have thought so. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what Joe. I mean, if he actually just stops working, I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be driven yeah. by something. I'd be really interested to see what he gets into, even if he takes a year or two off. Eventually, uh, his style of kind of leadership and management is obviously works unbelievably well in a rugby context but I think it could work well in, in, in any context any kind of business context and you'd imagine he would be getting offers left right and centre for that, that style kind of third detailed pragmatic style to um, executing and uh, and delivering be that sport be that business anything yeah. uh, he could do what he wants that fella he does thought. a lot of uh, a lot of kind of keynote speaking doesn't mm-hmm. he at, at different businesses and companies around the country and I haven't been to one, but I've heard he's he's brilliant. There's a lot of humour involved and, and a very inspiring. And I suppose this leadership, yeah, it does does cross over massively from yeah. from sport to business. Um, yeah, we're kind of Hermitage Greener and the always looking for a <laughs> <laughs> maybe another option for a, for a management or. I thought you were going to say like a bassist. Was it your bassist thing going through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're the bass player. I'm the bass player, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you imagine Joe, Joe Schmidt be turning his hand to music? That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd happily take him on, take him on board. Um, but yeah, what a way to go out to win, I suppose, to, to be named Coach of the Year, Team yeah. of the Year, beat the All Blacks twice and hopefully a World Cup. Yeah. What more do you need? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Some way to go. Yeah. I wonder, does it... Put almost put a little bit more pressure on. And he's thinking this is my only chance to do this. I'm not going to coach the All Blacks. I'm not going to continue coaching Ireland. Yeah, I've got one shot at this. Does it put more pressure on, or does it kind of make it more special, or does it make it more? Immediately, my gut is that it makes it more special, yeah. doesn't it? I think there's this movie in this, like you, yeah. know, you immediately <laughs> think like this it could be a Joe Schmidt film or something where yeah. it's kind of like Coach Carter or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I remember the Titans. It's just too. Such a perfect story. You might get a soundtrack gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking straight away. Although you're not playing anymore, Joe's playing bass. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be better than me straight away. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I can't believe it. Yeah, what what timing? Um, uh, huge stuff. So look, we've, as I said, we've got Josh van der Fleer that's going to be jumping on the phone uh, or did earlier on. So we're going to be talking to him in a few minutes, and we got the opportunity to break that news to him which mm. was uh, pretty interesting so you'll hear his thoughts um, but yeah I just want to bring up something that happened last week while I was away uh, Alex was here and you spoke about Billy Volopolo and how he ran over you in 2014 in mm-hmm. Twickenham I believe the, the tweet I received after the game um, described it as me getting deleted <laughs> at Twickenham <laughs> <laughs> pretty accurate yeah. uh, so we have a, a quick audio here from the uh, House of Rugby in the UK and Billy's take on that moment the collision that I experienced 9 times out of 10 you would have no memory of that <laughs> right uh, he uh, made a line break off, off a, a line out and he was building up a head of steam coming my direction yeah. he had no intention of using any footwork right the Maori sidestep as it's known <laughs> yeah. and uh I got tweeted after the game and someone said, Andrew Trimble just got erased <laughs> at, at Twickenham. <laughs> Control-Alt-Delete on your career. Yeah. So that was me gone. He literally didn't even slow down. Is he all right or what? <laughs> he's really good value. No, he's not. He is. Uh, and if I ever see you on that sofa again... On the, well, firstly, right, a few questions, right? It, what is he talking about? Right. Secondly... What are you doing over there? Thirdly, why is he got a sofa and we're on a wooden who's, table? Who's until you're prepared to commit and say... Ron Weasley, wasn't it? <laughs> until you're pre- no, that was... Carl, it was a very nice chat and he's going to play Rugby United New York. We were actually talking about whether you might go out to play in New York. Oh, you were talking about me behind my back, weren't we? To the nation. Oh, yeah. What, the five um, listeners? Do you, do, you, do you remember that incident with Andrew Trimble? Or was he um, just another victim of I saw of it a different way. Um, someone slapped the ball down and I came out uh, Devin Tone actually slapped it down I remember this and I picked it up and I remember Lenny shouting just run and I was like I think I'm doing something wrong here um, 
probably the fact that growing up with Tongan parents, you always feel like you're doing something wrong. So I, I look back, I look forward, I look back, and I didn't actually remember looking at Trimble. And then <laughs> did, I, did you notice that you'd run over him? It was sort of no, those... not until I'd, I'd actually done it. Right. Because um, I think he was as, as confused as me. Right. Um, well, he was, he was when you ran over the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only player I've ever seen with footprints up his back. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I actually did know that I was in the clear... Um, I probably would have run a bit faster. Not that I'm fast, but <laughs> Come I'm on, still fast Come on, mate. Are you serious? I reckon Honestly, I'm I've seen milk talking <laughs> with you. What are you talking about? You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. So earlier we had Josh van der Fleer on the phone before he went off the train for the day and during the conversation the news broke about Joe Schmidt's future. So we have Josh's response just in the middle of this, which is pretty special. Uh, so let's have a listen. OK, we're delighted to announce that we now have Leinster and Irish international and double all-black winner Josh van der Fleer on the phone. Welcome, Josh. Hi, how are you? Hey, Hello, Josh. Band. How you getting on? Trimby here. Oh, good. How are you, Trimby? How are things? Yeah, good, good. Josh, have you come down from uh, the amazing feeling of, of beating the all-blacks for the second time there a couple of weeks ago? Uh, just well, yeah. We were focusing pretty quick on the USA game, so... Had to get over it quick, but it's nice. It's nice to kind of wake up yesterday and this morning having the November series uh, finished and and obviously happy with with four wins and three that I was involved in. So yeah, pretty happy to be honest. Yeah, Josh, you came. You, I think you were speaking to the press after the the All Blacks game. You and Lukey both came out with the same thing, and it was big game next week against USA. <laughs> <laughs> having having arguably just become the best team in the world. Is that is is it still is it still that mindset or surely there was an opportunity just to relax and take it easy that night? Yeah, I suppose as uh, I didn't really know what to say, so it was a good it was a good <laughs> a good get out, I suppose. But uh, yeah, no, I suppose was, like we we did enjoy ourselves kind of that that evening and uh, had a chance to to relax and and obviously enjoy what was. Probably didn't appreciate it as much on the day because you're just so focused on trying to do your job and trying to put a performance in. But but then also you're kind of thinking it can't go too mad here because we're hopefully playing in a test match next week. So so what um, did you do, Josh? Do you go out with the with the All Blacks? Do you go out and have a night out with them, or do you keep it to yourselves and your and your uh, family? We just kind of kept kept it to ourselves. We um, we uh, we kind of ch- had a good chat with a few of the All Black lads after after the game, so the post match, the post match dinner, and kind of a few speeches and stuff, and got to chat to a, to a few of uh, the New Zealand boys, and then they were flying off early the next morning, I think, and then we just kind of kept it among ourselves, kept it quiet enough, and just kind of relaxed in the hotel. Uh, Josh, a couple of years ago, um, obviously we were, we were both involved in that um, that win in Chicago. I maybe naively thought that I was the magic formula to beating the All Blacks, <laughs> but turns out it's you. Is that is that <laughs> has that been put to you that you're the magic formula? Not at all. No, I think there's a few other common denominators between the two. I think I can't um, I, I can't think of anything that's more unlikely than you coming out with uh, someone as humble as you saying I am the magic formula <laughs> to beating the All Blacks. <laughs> No, definitely not me now. Um, I, to be honest, I wasn't even I wasn't even meant to be. Well, I was on the bench, so um, I was usually on the bench for the for the second game, and then so Dan would have done a better job than me. He was he was ready to start, and then uh, unfortunately it was a bit tight and uh, and had to pull out of the game. So I ended up playing playing the game. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was, I suppose it wasn't. Joe might not see it as the secret formula if I was on the bench, but um, yeah, no, it was is uh, is nice, nice to get be involved in two in two games like that. It's um, I was just very lucky and blessed to be to get to be involved in in those two games and kind of didn't do too much in either of them, but good to be involved in a win. Yeah, Josh, did you um, did you find it? Uh, in a way, <clears throat> whenever you get called up late, or might have been was it Thursday or Friday you found out, so you don't have the full like week of nervousness building into what's a massive game. Do you think that's kind of you miss out on on some of the build up, or you actually you're you're better off because you don't have to deal with the nerves and the big the big build up and all the expectancy. I think it was uh, it, it actually worked out quite well because yeah, I wasn't obviously 
uh, starting, you're probably a bit more nervous than you would be if you're on the bench. Um, so it's kind of Friday. It's just it was just uh, at the captain's run that I found out I'd be starting. So I only had a, a days of a day of mm. stress, I suppose, or um, kind of the nerves kick in pretty quick the moment you're uh, you're starting. But um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad because I got to run a few of the plays and. Uh, Get a bit of team run stuff done earlier on in the week. Uh, I was kind of swapping in and out with Dan, and um, and then got to got to do most of the training. Then on Thursday, and then did the full uh, captain's run. Then so it actually, I actually felt uh, really prepared. I wasn't really worried about uh, coming in having not done enough training, or whatever. So it actually, it actually worked out quite well. And. Do you know, the fact that you were only supposed to be back from injury on November 20th, did it make it a little bit special, uh, more special, I suppose, that, that you got back a bit early and, uh, and got to be involved in, in such a huge November series? Uh, how, how much did that mean to you, having gone through you know, all the, 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 the trouble of getting uh, you know, such a serious injury out of your way and, and getting back on, uh, on the pitch and, and uh, taking part in, in those two Yeah, it was, uh, it was really special. I was... Um I spent the whole cause injured start of February against France and um, kind of spent the next seven months or whatever it was before I got back playing, uh, just kind of thinking about what it's like to be back playing and what games I want to play in and trying to get back for trying to get back for Leinster first of all and try to get back in the team there and then obviously ho- hoping to, to get into the team after that and yes, it is really satisfying just when Kind of set a goal like that, and then um, managed to manage to get involved in a few Irish games, which is which is really incredible. Yeah, and did, and did the knee hold up all right? Any troubles or any any bit of any soreness now? No, no, uh, no troubles at all. A few few knocks here and there, but nothing uh, nothing bad at all. So it's actually been brilliant. It's credit to the physios and all the Lancer. I just kind of did what I was told, and uh, they managed to get me back a bit earlier than planned. So. Yeah, it's knee's been knee's been absolutely perfect, feeling really good, which is which is pretty encouraging. Brilliant. Um I'm always interested to hear how uh what players inspired other players in their growing up. Like would you have had any particular number sevens that you would have uh you know been 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 inspired by or, or that you looked up to as a young player, as a teenager? up or any kind of style of seven that you'd have uh, like let's say um, Richie McCall or Neil Back uh, or yeah Richie McCall in terms of watch around the breakdown I always admired uh, Richie McCall and George Smith as well um, kind of always looked up to to the two of them want to be able to play like them and and then I kind of like I remember thinking that break, I'd love to be like that at the breakdown but then Maybe like Drizzo in attack. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking <laughs> so was like a bit more kind of a ball kind player. Kind of yeah. pieces from a few players, and uh, I was like, I'd love a combination of a few of them. Obviously, it hasn't, hasn't quite happened, but um, yeah, I suppose McCall would have been the would have been the main person I would look to and try to record his games at home and try to get a few on tape that I could kind of watch back and see, just kind of play a camera a bit whenever he was playing and. Kind of seeing what he did, um, I, would, I would have been big into doing that, and I think uh, obviously nothing is close to being as good as him, but maybe someday. Um, but yeah, he, he was probably the main, the main player I looked up to. Josh, I remember uh, your first uh, encounter uh, with Carton House whenever you initially got into the squad, <laughs> <laughs> and you, yeah. Yeah, you were a youngster at the time, so um, I think. You were kind of just in awe of the whole setup, and uh, I just remember you going over to the like the the, the, the breakfast bar, and just like, I think you turned to Johnny and said, "Can we can we eat whatever we want?" <laughs> 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 and then there was another moment where um, I think you're in the swimming pool, and um, <clears throat> there's that little machine. You stick your togs in and it dries your togs and this <laughs> blew your mind. <laughs> so, I, is that kind of approach and that level of kind of treatment and luxury and professionalism, is that something you're kind of getting used to now? Yeah, I, I, a bit more. I, I couldn't believe it to be honest, Jimmy. I remember walking in. You get one of them like, in your house. You can catch as much as we want, whenever we want. I couldn't get over that now. 
straightforward living in a student house like five other lads and uh and then coming into this and into that was uh it was pretty was pretty mind blowing. I'd never been in a setup like that, so yeah, it was uh it's sort of getting used to it now, but it's still still uh incredible. It's kinda of, you kinda of half forget and come down to breakfast in the morning and you're like, Oh yeah, I can eat whatever I want as much as I want now. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I was quite afraid of those hand, those short dryers for a while. I thought you could <laughs> you could lose a hand in one of those <laughs> early days. I was like, Kalini Castle, I think, was where I first encountered one of them yeah. at an Irish camp, and I was like, "Fuck, this thing could take my hand off." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are speculating that um, that it's not actually Joe that's had a big effect on the team. It's been the it's been the tog dryers. The tog dryers. That's why the Ireland are performing so well. They're just Could be on to something. Josh, tell me this. Are you um do you still do you still eat a lot of dark chocolate? I do, yeah. I do actually eat a lot of dark chocolates. Um Do you remember the conversation we had? Um obviously jo- um Josh um everybody kinda knows the way you are and how thorough you are and um, how kind of you, need, you leave no stone unturned, and you're exactly the kind of Schmidt model of a player. Um, and as part of that, you don't you don't drink any ca- uh, coffee because you're trying to avoid caffeine. And I was yeah. able, I was able to point out you were telling me how much uh, you'd eat a lot of dark chocolate and stuff. That would be a real a real like you'd be letting loose and snacking away on dark chocolate. <laughs> and I t- and I told you there was caffeine in dark chocolate, and I thought you were about to burst into tears, Josh. It was just that I remember exactly where you were standing, where I was standing in the carton house beside the beside the snack snack place. Um, yeah, I was pretty I was pretty disappointed to hear that now, but I've kind of I'd be careful. I wouldn't have too much now. I'd be uh, you used to always have it just before bed, and then you told me that, and I was like, he can't, he's got to be winding me up. So I googled it, and it's true. So. <laughs> no, still still snacking away on them. Oh, good man, good man. Well, uh, that's obviously. So, my advice then is that's kind of shaped your career then a bit, has it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose it has. Yeah, you can say that. Still influencing from the sidelines. Yeah. Be, I love so it. So I, I played my part in beating the All Blacks again. Then, yeah. <laughs> well, Josh, we've got some breaking news that I'd like to just uh, smack you in the face with here, and that's that Joe Schmidt has confirmed he will depart after the World Cup, and Andy Farrell will take over. Uh, Whoa. Absolutely, yeah, huge news. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, uh, she has pretty uh, put me on the spot. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. just got yeah. hit this now. Obviously, Joe's been uh, been absolutely incredible for for Ireland, and uh, he's he's obviously everyone knows he's been a massive part of why the team is uh, where it is, and I suppose it's. It's uh, it's disappointing, but it's obviously you'd, you'd want him to stay on, and with the success, you want that to continue. But uh, he set us up, set us up brilliantly, I suppose. And see, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Andy Farrell's a great coach, so yeah. I mean, um, Joe has actually said that he's not he's finishing coaching completely. It's not he's not going uh, he's not going anywhere else. That's him after the World Cup. He's done. So um, I suppose that's. That's a good tribute to Ireland as well that he's he's not leaving us for for other pastures that um he's happy enough to hang his boots up after that but um yeah huge i mean he must have been a huge influence on on your career to date as well he was yeah i mean when I first came into Leinster he was uh he was head coach I was in the academy um first training session with leinster was uh was was with him and then he uh, he gave me my first cap, Irish cap, then as well. So um, yeah, he's been he's been a massive part of of uh, of my career so far. Yeah, and it'd be disappointing now to to not have him coaching. He's obviously incredibly gifted coach, but um, he deserves he deserves now. Hopefully, hopefully, a good send off in the World Cup next year. Yeah, well, that can add a little bit more emotion to that side of things. You reckon? We could add another, um, you know, that you want to go out and win I, it for I, him, and and you know what what you what you've achieved together over the last number of years. I think everyone's going to be uh, themselves driven, uh, incredibly driven to to win the World Cup. I mean, it's the it's the biggest thing you can win in rugby. So I don't know if we need any more motivation, but if we do, then yeah, to give Joe a good send off would be pretty incredible. But. Uh, 
obviously I'm sure I'm sure Joe will be just focusing on on the Six Nations now and uh, tr- trying to win that as well. So um, I suppose that's that's where where he'd be at anyway. And I suppose that's all we can focus on is now trying to get trying to get back in the team so I can keep playing under Joe. So that's that's the plan, I suppose. Yeah, I think the whole the whole nation's probably about to go into mourning. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we should yeah. Uh, go and change our outfits and change into sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. I, I suppose we have, them, we have them for another year now anyway, so it's, uh, we'll make the most of it. It's really put a downer on, on this episode, hasn't it? It has been. Sorry, Josh. There's all funny games till then. You threw yeah. that in. Yeah. This is probably as much a diner as when you find out there was caffeine and dark chocolate, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> probably up there, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, look, yeah, that's that's uh, that's we've taken up loads of your time, Josh. We really appreciate you coming on, and and uh, it's been interesting to share that moment with you, uh, knowing that Joe is uh, is is going is going hanging up his uh, his coaching boots. But look, we've. Um, we, we we'd love to have you on the show as well on the couch someday if you come in for for a chat. Uh, the very best to look over the next few weeks uh, and for the for the remainder of the season. And, Thank you very much. And yeah, well done again, man, on on the last few weeks and, and congrats on getting back after after such a a long time out. So uh, appreciate that. Thanks, Josh. Good chat, Josh. Thanks, man. Cheers. Take it easy. Take it easy. Right. See you. Bye. Wow, that was a bit of a bombshell to drop on, Josh. Yeah. Handled it very well. He handled it very He's a pro, isn't he? Did. A media pro. Not yeah. that we're media. <laughs> no. God, no. I'm a musician. <laughs> what you are. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. I'm still finding my feet. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of thinking maybe the players know already, but they I probably wouldn't tell yeah. them just in case one of them would leak it or something like that. Yeah, so. I'd be surprised. So that was genuine uh, uh, response. That was pretty cool. I think there's probably a lot of players who feel like Joe has had a massive impact on certainly obviously Ireland right <clears throat> that, that, that whenever they're competing they walk onto the pitch and they feel more confident or they're more likely to get wins if one Grand Slams uh, Australia New Zealand, all this here kind of stuff but even on a more personal um, kind of feeling I suppose there's a lot of guys I would imagine feel like Joe has just enhanced their careers yeah. and personally made them better at what they do do you think there's any of them that are relieved because he's such a, a maniac that <laughs> could be so terrified of I turning wonder, up to training? I wonder. I wonder. If, like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I wonder if there's a couple of guys um, who would be considered uh, second string. Yeah. That would be going. This is my. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna bide my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twelve months time. I'm gonna shine. Swatting back in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there will be one person that will be. Uh, that will, I suppose, keep on what what Joe has uh, has done, and that is Johnny Sexton, who's kind of like his uh, illegitimate son or his something child. like that, isn't he? His child, yeah. <laughs> Named as the best player in the world last night in Monaco, which mm-hmm. is uh, obviously an incredible achievement within the year and how much he's achieved and what he's done mm-hmm. to get that accolade. But it goes back a hell of a lot longer to to just this year. With yeah. Johnny, right? Yeah, Johnny's been he's been driving standards and uh, kind of enhancing performances and just um, just been getting better and better and pushing the guys around him to get better and better for for years now. And he's always been he's the equivalent of like a Schmidt kind of mindset on the pitch. Um, so that's why he's so hard to replace. He just he just he doesn't accept anybody being in the wrong position not executing correctly not being vocal um he just demands high standards and of of the guys around him and himself as well so um yeah he's been unbelievable this year he's he's ticked every box hasn't he mm. and where he's come from like i mean i remember playing against him for the first time at down at Thoma park in in <coughs> in Munster versus Leinster game and i think Felipe Cantapomi was out and Johnny been playing with St Mary's the week before and he was drafted into play and we were like target let's target this fellow now and get at him and uh, immediately you got a sense that he he was able for it he was up for it he had mm. the head despite being he must have been only 19 20 at the time um but he's just such a likable guy him from when he's co- where he's come from right yeah you know having not on the pitch I wouldn't say he's likable on the pitch on the pitch no <laughs> yeah, I think he's dislikable on the pitch <laughs> really? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I remember that that moment when he celebrated in Roger's face yeah. in Croke Park where people were like what disrespect but yeah. 
Um, that was a that was a, an interesting wee dynamic relationship the two of them wasn't it? Yeah. And then it was just perfect that they ended up being um, uh, the same club together, coach and player. Yeah. And uh, and then went full circle and became reasonably good mates. Yeah. By the sounds of it. Yeah. I wonder will they will they go full circle again and they'll yeah hit each end other up again. against each other. Yeah. That'd be great. Hopefully. <laughs> From a neutral's point of view. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, what a what an incredible achievement for any Irish player to to be even considered for for Player of the Year and then and then to win it and totally unsurprising. I mean, yeah. the guys who were up against Bowden Barrett, it's not like he's he was up against a nobody. Um, yeah. But I think Johnny by far deserved to win that. I'd love I'd love it if Malcolm Marks had got it. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, <laughs> Malcolm <Yeah>. Marsh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't believe you. Surely not. Flipping tables yeah. and stuff. I'd yeah. love to see um, uh, Johnny's uh, Joey Trimbiani. Um, yeah, humble, yeah, yeah. Humble loser oh, face. Shit. Yeah, bullshit, bullshit. Um, but yeah, I think he, um, he and Rory Best both made interesting comments where they they tanked. They thanked both their wives and their family and their kids for for the support that um, that they've offered them, which is obviously a lovely thing to to hear. And uh, it it is an interesting thing that it your family do once you've got that grounding and you've got that support from your family. I think you'll you'll appreciate that as well. That yeah, I think uh, I think Rory summed it up really well. He said um, thanks a lot to the wives and partners, and uh, I suppose what you do is you allow us to be selfish. Yeah, I think that's that's perfect because, I mean, I remember Johnny um, actually after he had his second um, child um, that evening he was at Carton House doing a walkthrough, and you know, like no one else, no one else. obviously yeah. like I think <coughs> the sacrifice, yeah, 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 and the sacrifice from the individuals. Obviously, as players, we have to sacrifice a lot, but everybody around us has to sacrifice for for us I'm yeah. saying us because uh, you know I used to yeah. <laughs> I used to play a bit <laughs> <Just> play <laughs> but um, and I just think I think they, 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 they summed it up perfectly and it's it's a nice little tribute it is and that, that those nights are about I think celebrating the families and mm. the friends and everyone that that has behind, gotten behind you and like for Johnny from grassroots like from I'm sure from his club days to school days mm. um, there's a lot of people there that he would that he would thank um, and it's it's great it's great for Irish rugby um, so yeah from arts too uh, massive congrats to Johnny Sexton congrats Johnny congrats Johnny do you think he subscribes oh definitely yeah 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 well everybody does yeah they do God you so. be better or if Drico like, and Tana yeah. subscribe then I think Johnny subscribes yeah well done on that by the way I haven't spoken to you about that interview that was sorry to bring that up thoroughly do you know Tana you know Tana I was talking Ta- with Tana Umanga Tana Tana. Oh, I thought it was Tana. 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 <laughs> he's he's a good buddy. I've been it wrong all these years. Uh, yeah, you buddies now, yeah. We are, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm getting touched. He didn't really get a word in. It was just the two e talk. Just me and Dricker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like more from Tana Umaga. <laughs> Were you jealous? I was a little bit jealous. Yeah, I could have done. We could have been four thirteens <clears> on the couch, like. But that would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was. So I've been away. I've just been away, man. It's been uh, it's been lovely watching from afar. Uh, I was in Australia touring around for three weeks and uh-huh. trying to catch up with rugby and, and listening, and it gave me a nice bit of time to um, reflect on Irish rugby while I was away. Mm-hmm. And I I came up with an analogy of the whole thing that's kind of based around Star Wars. So <clears throat> bear with me here, but uh, the first victory that you were involved in in Chicago is um yeah you remember yeah. yeah um that was like a new hope the first star wars basically where the all blacks being the dark side the evil empire overruling the galaxy but we fought back like the rebels yeah and with a little bit of help from the force uh we won uh-huh. joe schmidt being obi-wan kenobi uh-huh. <laughs> uh johnny sexton being uh luke skywalker uh-huh. Uh, you haven't worked out. I was kind of saying Dem- Devon Tone would be more like Chewbacca, but you could be a little <laughs> bit of a Chewbacca with those long arms as well. So yeah. you're in there somewhere anyway. Yeah. And then the a play, playing a bit part. Yeah, I, you may be one of the, f- the the fighters in the planes that flies around. And yeah, I doubt I would have um, I would have that many lines. No. Yeah, but I may appear in a couple of scenes with a couple of high profile. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like that's, just running yeah, and stuff. That's fine. Yeah, it's grand. You're you're in it. You're in Star Wars. Man. <laughs> yeah. And then the second uh, 
the second <coughs> Star Wars when the Empire Strikes Back Obviously. and they beat you like a week later uh-huh. and they kicked the shit out of you uh-huh. um, and that was like oh no we're not what we thought we were uh-huh. the rebels were being defeated and yeah. and there was a bit of doubt yeah. and there has been like but we've been building back our strengths over the last few years and, and building our squad and, and then the return of the Jedi was so um, in that on that occasion Darth Vader was coming in like high shots in Zebo's head and stuff exactly yeah, yeah. just evilness yeah, yeah. And, and so the All Blacks are like they're kind of like stormtroopers because they're they're all so good it's hard to pick out one and make them like uh-huh. superstars so they're yeah. all just like consistent <laughs> stormtroopers everywhere yeah, so yeah. just like Jesus one of them falls and just get <laughs> another stormtrooper storm <laughs> and it's like ah Jesus and that, but then yeah so the Return of the Jedi was um, was like when we last week or two weeks ago, uh-huh. when we finally defeated them, and I think in our own, and we we proved that this wasn't the fluke, that this is us uh, taking over the mantle as potentially the best team in the world. Did any characters die between uh, the Empire Strikes Back and the Return of the Jedi? Because that's me. Uh, that could be you, yeah. Uh, no, just kind of like nobody's, <laughs> just nobody's that no one really... <laughs> there was a lot of nobody's died. There was a couple that like flew into things that probably... That's me. Yeah, like a kamikaze, but it was like, yeah, that was you. So yeah. you were kind of... <laughs> Long like, arms. Take, take, <laughs> <flying> <laughs> <into> things. <laughs> Taking it out for the team. Uh, yeah, Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, nice. I was kind of... Yeah, Boba Fett is like... He's quite greedy, wasn't he? Was he good or bad? I'm not sure. So you oh. could be Boba Fett. I was thinking maybe... Yeah, I've George Hook is just jab of the hut. Uh-huh. It's pretty harsh, but it just put him in there anyway, you know. Um, who else? Uh, Yoda. I was thinking Rory Best could be a little Yoda. Okay, yeah. Kind of quite uh, good at the Force. Yeah, using using Joe's Force. Yeah, really um, old. Getting old, but yeah. still able to move. He surprises you. You think, oh, he's yeah. probably just going to keel Jeez, over. Yoda can move, can't he? Yeah, you surprise. You think he's going to keel over any second? Then he's like. Fuck. Jeez, he's turned over a ball there. Jeez, Yoda's darts are accurate, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Little, little bald head. <laughs> <laughs> running around, kind of green. We'll have to get him on the show. Yeah, yeah. And then... Oh, uh, Sir, Sir, Sir Yoda Best. Sir Yoda Best. <laughs> he had OB. a big, big week as well, didn't he? Jesus. Um, yeah, so I'd be worried is the only thing, right? <clears throat> that we... Okay, we so we, we're defeating them in the Return of the Jedi, like... And the Ewoks are all like Keith Earls and Josh van der Fleer and, and Bundy Aki and all these guys that the, the All Blacks probably didn't really uh, acknowledge. The All Blacks don't really do that. They only know one or two of our players, uh-huh, yeah. like Luke Skywalker and, yeah. and Peter <laughs> yeah. Manny's Han Solo, obviously. Yeah. And then, but then they start shoving spears into them and just throwing rocks at them and yeah. stuff. And they surprise them how actually brilliant they are. Yeah. Um, so we end up defeating them. But now we're at a stage where we're the best in the world and and now they know our names we don't want how do we keep maintain this and my fear is that we're going to get we might get a bit arrogant and now that Joe Schmidt's gone like we don't want to do what Star Wars did and like employ Jar Jar Binks as our <laughs> next coach just <laughs> shit all over the Jar Jar Farrell yes <laughs> well I think we've did, now that <laughs> <laughs> now that it's Farrell, I think we're okay. But that was my fear. Is like, yeah. far, imagine when Jar Jar Binks like, but, but he's hilarious. He's big floppy ears and he's great. Crack. And like, no, doesn't matter. He's gonna take the shit all yeah. over the whole saga. He's gonna ruin it all. So yeah, that would be my big fear. But yeah. and then my other thing is that Raj, he could be Darth Vader, Vader. So he's like Anakin Skywalker. He's gone down to New Zealand to learn the dark side the dark side oh that is perfect and then he becomes well done Darth Vader yeah. and he comes back and then he starts coaching New Zealand and then they yeah. beat us Darth That's, Vader with his like Cork accent yeah and then he comes back and he's actually Johnny Sexton's yeah. father <laughs> he's like Johnny I am your father oh my you've really thought this through oh yeah but one of my favourite ones as well is uh, Lando Carizian do you remember him oh no he was Han Solo's buddy who kind of fucked them over and Empire Strikes Back uh-huh. And he's Simon Zebo. He's kind of bet- betrayed us. Yeah. yeah. But we still love him. <laughs> yes. And he actually, Lando Carizian actually comes back and saves the day. Uh-huh. So like, Zeb may still come back yeah. and save the and day. And save the day. Yeah. 
So that's some hope. Not for another year, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Not under Schmidt. No, yeah. He's like, yes. Yeah, maybe under Jar Jar. It's gone now. <laughs> yeah, so that that's that was my take. That was the only work I did on rugby in the last three weeks. So well pretty, done. Pretty okay. <laughs> very good. Yeah, very yeah. good. It's yeah. consistent. It works well in so many layers. Yeah, I think we need to get like a video of this, maybe some of the music. Yeah. Or that big long scroll thing that happens yeah. at the top of Star Wars. Yeah. You know. Well, anyway, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. my in a galaxy far, far away, let's hope we uh-huh. win the World Cup. <laughs> um Baz, how have you um have you have you found has there been anything? obviously new new headsets new yeah, microphones very good <clears throat> but yeah I mean watching from afar have you seen like the development of Baz and Andrew's house of rugby absolutely I've seen you just come into your own man you didn't even look like you needed me oh I did Baz I did you, you? I, I thought this would have been a brilliant time I know we talked about the the Wayne's World uh, the revamp mm-hmm. but I would have loved it if you had to come back and we'd have had like the the Wayne's World the rebrand and you'd be like lads I'm outside here and we're going oh that's uh that's the old studio. <laughs> we've got one in Ballsbridge now. Completely <laughs> forgotten about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And we've got like these microphones that hang <laughs> down. Like, we're on showbiz. And I'm in a tuxedo. Yeah. And we've got like a, a band, like a like um, the Saturday Night Live yeah. band. And you're going, what's happening? <laughs> Our first guest is like Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going, what has happened? <laughs> what have you this done with my show? show? Yeah. This is my You've show. Ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm disappointed now, man. Yeah. Way better. Do you think we could get Lady Gaga? Lady I think Gaga. So. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Well, we made about. Um, sorry, Josh, but we made about 15 phone calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We ended up on you. Yeah. But, uh, so I think Lady Gaga is probably a bit of a stretch. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll anyway. See. If we don't get Lady Gaga, I would love to get James Ryan on the couch. Would you like that? Uh, yes. Yeah. That'll be ideal. Um, James Ryan, we did an interview. I don't think we've, uh, we're maybe going to go on to it later on this episode. I think we are. Yeah. James Ryan, uh, in the first um, script, we were, no, we're not scripted um, viewers and listeners, but um, we've got like a loose kind of template this is what we're working off. Yeah. Is what we're going to discuss. discuss. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came up and it said... Um, uh, the Leinster Phenom and these are I think these are like one of our early episodes The Leinster Phenom and I went oh my goodness we are so high profile that's The Undertaker from WWF The Phenom you know that's, yeah. what, they, that's what they called him in, in WWF no I didn't know that that's what they called them yeah yeah, yeah The Phenom <laughs> what does that mean I don't even know what that word means it means it's like a, I was just about to bluff there and right. said it's like Phenomenon abbreviated. Okay, so it's but I don't P-H-E-N-O-M. know. P H E N O M. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. I haven't a clue if that's what phenom means. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. It probably yeah. does. So, yeah. so you think he's like the Undertaker from? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Man, and James Ryan's like high profile enough. Yeah, or the Undertaker. Yeah, he'll be up there with Gaga. Yeah, I'd love to get him on. What a combination! Here his little buddy with the urn. Yeah, Al Gore. What's Al Gore? <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Oh, you fella. Al Gore, yeah, he, he was vice president and then also the hype man for the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Al, whatever his name is, something Al. Um, if, if I will not Oh, it was, it was something like a Paul Bear. Paul, yes, Paul well done. Sorry, Al, yeah. Well done. Paul Bear, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was great. Anyway, yeah. but but we just in case we don't get <laughs> The Undertaker yeah. or Lady Gaga, we uh, had producer Pass went and met James Ryan and had a chat with him in his nifty Canterbury gear. Was it always a, was there a bit of back row for you as well when you were starting off, or was it always kind of luck? There was, yeah, there was. I actually played full back in junior school, I'm in sixth class, and then first year was open side. Um, second, third, second year, second row, third year, number eight. Then from fourth year, I was into the into the death row. So, yeah. um, so that's kind of how it evolved, yeah. And I'd heard a story as well that um, I think it was uh, Brian had mentioned as well that when you were playing against Newbridge in that final that you had actually you'd done your MCL, your, your media ligaments. And um, was that a, something that was it a thing that you thought you could play through the pain? Like you thought you could get through it? Yeah, it wasn't actually my MCL, but I did damage it. Uh, I don't even remember what I did to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, barely felt it. Like it was a junior cup final and it was in a packed Donnybrook and... We were on the verge of of, uh, of winning, so um, I think anybody would have done the same, really, mm. on our team, anyway. <laughs> and 
did it cause you pain afterwards? Like, did you, you know, to get through something like that, did it cause you some pain afterwards for a couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, it did. Like, any injury, it's been sore for a couple of weeks. Um, luckily, the season was kind of over at that stage, so it was no big issue. Yeah, uh, I was talking to, you know, Gary and Robbie being here as well, and we're all going on about that game against the All Blacks in Chicago, and, um, you know, the fact that the boys kind of got to experience that as well. But this was kind of, there's already talk of you at this stage, maybe making a breakthrough to the team, but you had a pretty bad hamstring tear, wasn't it? That kind of, you know, knocked you back a few months, didn't it? Um, yeah, I suppose it did knock me back a bit. Um, you know, it was kind of my first long-term injury, so mm. it was a bit new to me. Um, you know, that kind of extended period on the sidelines. Um, you know, a lot of other guys have had a number of... of um, long periods in the sidelines you look at somebody like Ed Byrne I mean like how determined he's he's stayed mm. through all that and and you know he's doing so well now um but yeah it was, it was difficult but like we're blessed in Leinster uh with the guys that look after us like I had Fergal Fergal Karen looking after my uh my rehab and, and Dara Curley uh was, was the academy physio at the time and you know I, they made my life a lot easier and, and you made the, the in, instant impact on that tour as well the, the game against USA and 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 the games against Japan as well, like the guys all kind of did so well. A lot of guys stood up, like Andrew Porter as well, and took their chance. But you had your first kind of home debut then at the Aviva, and I, I remember we all spoke to you after that game as well. And just that kind of, if you look back at it now, like the is that one of those kind of standout memories from that that, that big first season you had last year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the South African match, um, the Aviva was kind of it was kind of like I was making my. Irish debut or cap first Irish cap again. Mm, yeah. You know, um obviously I, I had I had my first cap in, in the US which was special. Um but there's something about playing in, in the Aviva mm. um in front of a kind of a packed crowd and having all your family and all your friends there kinda of felt like you were doing it again, which was great. Um so yeah, that's definitely one of the standouts from, from last season. Well, we would have talked a bit um last year um you know, in the podcast that we do about uh, the likes of James Downey and Kevin McLaughlin would have spoke about, they almost felt sorry for you in a way that you had this record, this unbeaten record. You're going out every week, and it was James Ryan, 21 wins in a row, 22 wins in a row. Was that something that you actually? I know you don't want to lose, but once you got rid of that, was that something just to, you were happy to leave it behind? I was, I was happy to leave it behind. Yeah, probably the only silver lining of, of losing, um, losing in Australia um, for me personally was that um, you know that kind of. Malarkey was uh, was finished, yeah. And there's the um, I think it was the the famous story. I think it was it was maybe Johnny Sexton was the story about after you guys won the Grand Slam, saw yourself and Dan hitting the gym as well uh, a day or two after. But yeah. surely I, I want to know in the middle of it all, you did go out and have fun. And yeah, have a yeah. Of drinks well, in the of it yeah. All. Well, Sexton saw us coming into the gym, but I'm not gonna lie, we were we were going in for a swim, <laughs> so um, we weren't hitting the gym. Uh, but no, I did. I it was class, unbelievable celebrations. Um, then I got down to Galway as well. We got a bit five, six days off, so I headed down to head west with a two or three mates. Um, so I did soak it all in and I enjoyed it while it lasted. Thank you to producer Pat for talking to the phenom, James Ryan there. Uh, but now each week we take a look over some of the rugby stories that you might have missed over the weekend. And uh, we're going to start with the English match in, in uh, Twickenham versus Australia. Did you see that? I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Big win. A <laughs> uh, few talking points. Owen Farrell's tackle, uh-huh. second one in, in yeah. a few weeks. What did you make of it? Uh, very similar to the <clears throat> to the to the other one. Only maybe he might have got away with it. Well, he got away with the last one as well, I suppose. But mm. this one, he got away with it more, I suppose, because it was slightly less dominant a collision. And mm. then he went back as well, mm. and he didn't. It wasn't as powerful a shot it was as powerful a shot but it wasn't as dominant he's so man for a shot like oh my goodness he like, must be so powerful like, yeah because he was off balance yes he's going across I know and uh, he's st- it was a huge it collision was, like, yeah I know it? Yeah. just timing wise I suppose he just yeah. probably planted his right foot and, and got under him but, but he didn't wrap <laughs> he didn't wrap did he it's hard no. that's one, that one's probably even harder to wrap than the, the first one mm. uh, again when I was chatting to Drico Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he said that in his chats with the referees after the first one because mm-hmm. uh, Drico came out on Twitter and said that it, it shouldn't have been a penalty mm-hmm. and it wasn't a penalty yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then he was corrected by the referees they said so if you hit with that shoulder you have to wrap with that arm mm-hmm. so he, he hit with his right shoulder and only wrapped 
with his left. Partially with his left, which isn't good enough. You have to wrap with the shoulder that you hit, hit with. Mm. So, yeah. But I suppose in that one, that's irrelevant because neither arm went near wrapping. No, no he just kind of <laughs> ran into him a little bit. Yeah, and especially after all the chat about the last one a few weeks ago. Yeah. Surprise, nothing was. Yeah. Nothing was done. It's about. it's it's a rugby league <coughs> style, so isn't it? That's definitely something that you yeah. see a lot more in rugby league, so maybe that's where it's kind of rubbed off on him from his dad's influence or something like that. I'm not sure, but um, his dad and him like doing that in the garden, yeah, when, I, when he's young. Absolutely, oh, that miss one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Take that, Jar Jar. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to like. I'd hate to see those big collisions taken out of the game, you know. But, yeah, um, I suppose if that's the letter of the law at the moment, then maybe it should have been a penalty. But uh, look, it adds for a little bit of spice, doesn't it? Um, spice. Good, good win for England, though. Um, <coughs> Very straightforward. Australia were like, just making mistakes and dropping mm. balls, and I thought they they were quite poor. Yeah, and a bit of disarray at the moment yeah. down there, I think. And even yeah. on my travels down Australia, might have put Paul Warwick, former Munster uh-huh. uh, fullback and out half, met up with Tony McGann, former Munster coach, who's uh, working with the with the uh, Brisbane Broncos. But who was the, the Brisbane team again? Brisbane's the Reds. The Reds. Yeah. Yeah. He's working with their academy now. And it just says, yeah, it's a bit of a weird um, vibe down there with the with the ARU at the moment, or the Australian Rugby Union. Yeah. Um, they're in a little bit of disarray, but I think they'll pull it back together for yeah, the World it seemed, Cup. Yeah, it seems like it's only a matter of time before there's so much talent in that team. Yeah. They have to, they have to come good. Yeah. But we've been saying this for a while, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the other big one, uh, Eddie Jones actually came out after that game and said he wanted to see uh, Ireland and England. He wanted to play Ireland yeah, let me add them. straight away. Yeah, if he could play them tomorrow, he would because they're the best team in the world. And, yeah. um, and that's pretty interesting. He'll always come out with something that will kind of grab the headlines anyway. But um, yeah. yeah, was that an arrogant thing or was he? Uh, was he no, like I think he just. I, I think he just. He just seems to enjoy press conferences and just yeah. enjoy chatting and yeah, stoking kinda, the fire stoking uh, and yeah. beating beating a few coaches and yeah. uh, it's it adds something to it I think the yeah. press for for a period they were they were loving them obviously when things when they're not, just not as successful as they were a year and a half ago <clears throat> yeah. then he just doesn't get away with as much but to be fair to him he's still giving the chat and yeah. it's it's entertainment <sighs> It's just really just builds it. To, it's going to be such a class. Yeah. Six Nations. I cannot <laughs> wait for it. Um, another one, Fiji beating France. Huge result there. I didn't see. I just saw some clips, some yeah. uh, some of the scores. Um, I was I was um, uh, in Dublin in a bar in Dublin after the game, mm-hmm. and I was down with a couple of guys from school. And one guy who wouldn't really follow rugby, it had um, it was in French, but it was uh, FRA and then FID. For uh, for Fiji, and uh, my and they were beating France, obviously. And he goes, "Geez, that's uh, some performance from Finland, isn't it?" <laughs> Brilliant. Why was it FID? I, I think it must have been like the French. Like, oh, okay. You know. Sorry, I got you. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was so before. I mean, it's only a matter of time before. Uh, Finland become a, yeah. you know, but yeah. before Fiji really start beating. Uh, yeah. You know the likes of France, or isn't something. that so French though? Isn't it so French just yeah. to be, you know, dominating sides one one week and then just kind of struggling the next? Dogging and it's just so they just they're so reliant on their talent and their flair, and yeah. that's why they're entertainment to watch, I suppose. But yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, then there's obviously Fijians. There's plenty of them playing in France and plenty of them dominating week in week out. So as mm. you say, there's there's if you put fifteen talented individuals together. Mm. It's um, going to be a tough group. Those yeah. they're in with Wales and Australia mm. in the group. Yeah, um, that's going to be an interesting one. Again, no easy groups, but that's certainly going to be a tough one. Mm. Um, elsewhere this weekend, uh, some great results for the Irish provinces in the Pro 14 Guinness <laughs> Series. Um, did you get to you went you were at the Ulster match? On I was Friday, at the, right? yeah, I was at the Ulster. were in the Scarlets yeah. and they got they got beat. Yeah. Uh, it's a miserable, miserable place to go. That was the last game I played over there. That finished me off. Really? Uh, it was just so cold and miserable. And <laughs> Wet. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. I hate Parky Scarlets. We yeah. also never win there, and Scarlets never win in Belfast. Cool. So you go there and you just even you know, though it's a nice stadium now, and it's it's, it's not. It's not really. I think so. No. It's just a bit. It's in the middle of a car park in a it shopping centre. Yeah, car yeah. Park. And yeah. I think the floodlights aren't high enough. Right. 
And it's it was, very dull there it all is. the time. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. And I think I, I've been under high balls and I've gone, that ball, it's gotten dark at the top of yeah. the flight. Yeah. The, someone needs to tilt the, the floodlights up. Mm. <laughs> That'll solve that problem. That's a really interesting point. That's my, that's my excuse anyway. Yeah, because it used to be a really nice place to go back in the day was, was that's, it wasn't the same it, used to be, it was Stratty Stratty Park that was a great place yeah be. yeah. great atmosphere you felt you know the crowd were right on top of you yeah it was, yeah, it was, it was intense wasn't it and yeah. stuff like that I actually had a, one of my favourite moments ever in a rugby pitch in, in uh, Stratty Park where the ball went over the dead the, the try line uh-huh. our try line and I was running back to touch it down but uh, the ref was beside me to touch it down for 22 and I just said to the ref I'm not going to touch it down and he goes, okay. So I pretended to touch it down, uh-huh. and then I I walked out, and everyone else had presumed I touched it down, so they thought I was going Brilliant. to take the twenty-two. So I walked as far as the twenty-two. I was there. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm getting away with it. Getting away with it. And I was kind of walking quite fast, and then I just just took off. Brilliant! The and no worked. one knew what to do. And the worst thing about it was even the camera crew presumed that I was going to take a 22 so yeah. they like flicked to <coughs> someone else in the stand or something like that so it was never picked up on TV oh, Barry, that's just brilliant. flicked back and I got tackled maybe down towards their their 22 you made it all the way to oh the yeah way just through. like sprinted straight like straight do line you, if, do you think maybe if you just just kept walking they would have just thought you were <laughs> if you just like never actually give the game away yeah and then just put the ball down maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like start pointing at people yeah. and giving out no 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> really fast. Uh, I love how the ref had a screwy, and he was like, "What are you doing, man? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Easy in on it. But it's it's out. Yeah. No, I can't remember who the ref was, but yeah, very anyway. sound to him. Very sound. Yeah, yeah he appreciated. It. Yeah, he was having a good laugh off it. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah, not, some I'm some great results. Down, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but some great results for Monster, Connacht, and Leinster. Uh, I think Munster, I think the supposed talking point there, yeah. great to see Conor Murray back. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Farrell and Ronan Amani and mm-hmm. even Tyler Blend all over the last few weeks. Yes, played 12. Um, uh, yes, he played 12. I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bill Johnson was 10, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great to, it's a great position for Munster to be in. Yeah. Um, great for Conor to get back. Actually, Conor was my Princess Leia. I forgot to mention that earlier on. <laughs> right. Yeah, because we didn't know what, you know, Princess Leia was a bit, off in the second Star Wars, which Connor's been a little bit like, <laughs> don't know what's wrong with him over the last while. <laughs> she got a pain in her neck or something yeah. like that. And now she's back and yeah. we're all over again. Princess so. Mary. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great to have him back. Even Chris Farrell, like he's one that goes under the radar. Like, yeah. What an unbelievable player. And Class athlete. player, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, did you play much with him up, up in Yeah, the he, he, I think he might have done his ACL back in the day when he was uh, in the Ulster Academy. Mm-hmm. I cut, he had a couple of injuries in a row and he never got any joy and then he took off to Grenoble mm-hmm. but he was always one that we're, everybody was saying there's, he's pretty talented he's 6 foot come 4 through. 18 stone 13 like, great skills though yeah. that makes you think that he's going to be phys- like he obviously is pretty physical as well yeah. but he's got great skills great. and his great li- his l- running lines are like yeah. incredible whether it's a decoy <laughs> running line or a hit line back off, yeah. off a 10 or a 12 that's one thing that's really stood out to me yeah. he's not just a lump he knows where to watch shoulders to target and how to sit people down. Yeah, I think um, Joe rates him as well. He could get back in the mix mm. for Six Nations. Well, he's an, I think Joe's always when he won that man of the match for against Wales last uh-huh. year. I think Joe's comments after the game were that he's a very nice person. That's what he spoke about, and I was like, that's lovely. Do you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. just said like he's a really cool guy, and and he does come across like that. And what a headache that's going to be if you have the likes of, you know, Henshaw, Aki, yeah. Ringrose, yeah. Farrell. Uh, all of them fit at the same time. Like, who do you pick? Yeah. You know, what a, a, a kind of combinations we have in our armour. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, and then Leinster on Friday night, um, again, blood and some absolutely brilliant players again. It's crazy, the, the conveyor belt they have up there. Yeah, Scott um, Penny made his debut there. Yeah. Seven, another uh, Michaels boy. Yeah, that's... I think he scored something like eight tries for Leinster yeah. this year already, uh, yeah. or something ridiculous like that. And only after coming out of school this year as well. Yeah. Um, to have what? What were you saying? I think eighteen. Eight. Uh, that's that was including Cahill Marsh, who's yeah. just moved on. So seventeen, I think seventeen in the current Leinster squad. Michael's boys. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And then uh, two elsewhere, two in Connacht, uh, Kean Kelleher, and one, one other. Can't mm-hmm. remember who it is. 
but like that's yeah. <laughs> so I'm going so people talk about the, the Leinster juggernaut their production line and just feeding provinces with with players who are class but just not class enough yeah. <laughs> to play for Leinster yeah. and and but then look at Scott Penny like the, the guys that are yeah. ahead of him now at seven like you've yeah. got Shea, Sean O'Brien Van der Fleer yeah. uh, Levy, Levy. Who else? Reese Ruddock played seven Ruddock. this year. Yeah. So uh, arguably Scott Penny's then their fifth choice seven. Yeah. Anywhere else you'd be going, she's your man. The fifth choice can't yeah. be up too much. Yeah. But I bet he's good. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he's going to be handy. Yeah. But that's the way Leinster do it, isn't it? Yeah, and it's great. And, yeah. and just a uh, tip of the hat to all those schools teams that are, or the schools that are producing these players and, and the coaches that are the coaching that are going on in yeah. those schools. They're professional before they're professional. Yeah, that's they? the difference, I think, at the moment. <coughs> it's comparable to players coming through. Um, but yeah, so uh, very interesting few weeks ahead or whether these players, you know, do you reckon the Irish players will go straight back into the provinces this weekend or yeah, get a few bit of a rest for yeah. the Guinness uh, Pro 14 this week? Yeah, there was um, about five or six Leinster players were released last week. Yeah. And then none of them featured. So they've had their week off. Yeah, the rich get richer, don't they? Like the the best teams about, like the Leinster, kind of they have the luxury of being able to rest mm. and rotate, and then the guys come back in hundred hundred percent, feeling sweet, having not played that much rugby, just get straight into Europe. Mm. Um, one guy, uh, Andrew Conway, went really well against the USA. He was the kind of standout ring rules as well, I suppose. Um, but Conway, it feels like a year ago he was next in line. For the like the Rob Carney Rob Carney's throne, yeah, and then it seems like now Will Addison's got in there, yeah. and now Jordan Armour's got in there, and Conway's kind of not. He definitely hasn't been forgotten about, but he's kind of just not been talked about as much. And it was nice to see him coming back in. I thought he was brilliant the weekend, yeah. really, really good, just electric. Yeah, constantly looking for the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was standout. Yeah, um, Patrick, and then a couple of assists as well. So yeah. everything he did was brilliant. We haven't even talked about the USA match. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> there's too much else going on. But geez, yeah, fair, we forget yeah. to talk about the international <laughs> that happened this weekend. Yeah, but yeah, and the first guy to score a hat trick for Ireland. What a what a great achievement! Yeah. And it wasn't a great game, to be fair. It wasn't. But there was, was one scrum. Oh, there was one scrum in uh, USA 22 in the second half. It got reset by five or six times and it went off for ten minutes. And then I looked around and there was a Mexican wave going on around the stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, no one could care less about the rugby anymore. No, no. It just it had that kind of feel about it from the get-go, didn't it? Like, yeah. it's a weird position to be in when these guys are they're thrown together a little bit, maybe. And, yeah. um you're expected to win. And, and the US put up a good fight, like yeah. they did, to be fair. And, but, you know, I suppose... It, wouldn't it might not look like a very comprehensive win, but then you look at the scoreline; it was actually yeah, uh, pretty uh, <coughs> a pretty big result. Um, but just as you were saying, actually, we put out a tweet uh, yesterday to uh, find out who the Guinness Made of More Player of the Weekend was, and the poll came back with a roaring uh, result, say Andrew Conway was by far the best player of the weekend yeah I think I might have, might yeah. have ruined the, the, no, ten, the tension around that one yeah no, you let, <laughs> didn't I <laughs> you did <laughs> guess what <laughs> yeah. Andrew Conway yeah. Uh, but yeah he, 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 he well deserved so fair play to you Andrew and uh, a good way to, for him to kick on uh, into the, <laughs> the, the, the the European games coming up for the next few weeks um, and then also we put out a hashtag AskHOR on Twitter last night to see if you had any questions for us so uh, loads came in, uh, a lot of them asking whose standout players the Guinness series were. <coughs> Anyone, any few in particular for you? Uh, um, Josh Vanderfleer went really well. Um, uh, James Ryan went well. Um, Pete O'Manny, I suppose. Oh, Pete, yeah. of course, yeah. Um, to be honest, <laughs> most of them. I mean, the other three games were just nothing by comparison. The Argentina game, USA game, no atmosphere, flat, and mm-hmm. kind of you just you just got through them. But everything was about that New Zealand game, and everybody played out of their skin that day. To be fair, mm-hmm. it's hard to like single a few guys out, mm-hmm. but yeah, James Ryan, James Ryan, <laughs> yeah, clone him. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Burke wants to know how Ireland are going to fix their line-out heading into 2019. Seems to be trouble whenever Dev Toner is not there. I'll leave you take that one, man. As a, as a line-out <laughs> as specialist. A line-out specialist, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, the lineup was was poor. I suppose the weekend wasn't it? Um, uh, it was a bit rocky. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. Yeah. To be honest, I switched off a few times during the game. I wasn't really. Yeah. I was commentating and I was still You're wasn't still really paying attention. Yeah, I think. Look, it's it's hard when you when you lose, especially Pete O'Mahony and and Devon Toner, like mm. two of the best lineup operators in the world. Um, so when you do take them out of it, there's obviously going to be a, a bit of a, a yeah. step down. But look, we've got Hendo and. Um, James Ryan and these guys that are they're there for a reason even yeah. even uh, Tyg Byrne uh, showed some incredible athleticism at the weekend with just catching kickoffs and stuff yeah. which you know I think Dev has been has been ruling the roost with that over the last few weeks but look I think there's a, an abundance of talent there and uh, you can't just judge that off you know lineups are complicated as well it's whether the hookers throwing the calls yeah. the, the jumps the lifts so I'm sure it is something that they'll uh, they'll be looking into and they'll get right. And uh, yeah, that's kind of about the most of it. Uh, someone else did tweet me last night, going asking who is Bez. So <laughs> tweeted you. I, yeah, I asked. I put it out on Twitter. Any questions tomorrow? And someone Who's goes, Baz? who is Bez? <laughs> Uh, so I am Barry Murphy I used to play rugby for Munster and I am now in a band and I am the co-host of Baz and Andrew's <laughs> House of Rugby so thanks for your question dude whoever you are uh, so we we will answer any question yeah. if we'll answer that <laughs> don't be thinking oh is this question a bit silly <laughs> not as silly as that one <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's great. Doesn't have to be rugby related at all. Ask us anything. anything. Star Wars related. Yeah. yeah. Um, WWF. Um, uh, the Undertaker. Lady Gaga. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's up to you. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for your comments, questions, for listening, and for watching on YouTube. If you are enjoying the show, please do remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or a comment. A big thank you to everyone who has helped putting the show together. Uh, it's been great crack this week, dropping that bomb of Joe Schmidt. So we'll be back next week to, to talk about the aftermath of all that. I've been Barry. I've been Uncle Andy. And this is Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby <laughs> on Joe, together with Guinness. <laughs> you were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.